St. Louis-based hip-hop artist Kareem Jackson, who goes by the na- stage name Tef Poe, has often traveled across the world to share his musical craft and to also raise awareness about how social justice issues often intertwine across borders. His travels will continue next week to the Middle Eastern country of Jordan as part of Next Level, a U.S. State Department-sponsored cultural exchange program. It seeks to use artistic collaboration and social engagement to enhance people-to-people diplomacy, especially among young audiences. Jackson was named one of the U.S. cultural ambassadors, and his group will focus on teaching the components of hip-hop, rapping, DJing, beat-making, breakdancing, graffiti, beatbox, and vocal percussion to help aspiring hip-hop artists in Jordan. Tef joins us in studio right now to talk about all about the trip and what it will entail and how activism has played a role in his hip-hop. Tef, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks th- for having me. I, I think the, me. the number one question is how did you become a U.S. cultural ambassador <laughs> and, and how are you getting to go to Jordan? Uh, so it's through Next Level, uh, um, a program that I discovered through uh, the folks at my record label, Tommy Boy Records. Uh, they sent... Uh, the application link over and about a, maybe a year ago, I think, um, and suggested that I apply. And uh, at the time, I was still still knee deep in my work at Harvard, at uh, Harvard University as a hip hop fellow uh, with Harvard. And uh, I'm just currently writing my first book, Rebel to America. So I took some time out of the work I was doing to fill it out and apply. And uh, through the grace of God and a little bit of human ingenuity, here I am. I'm one of the ambassadors. Um, what are you hoping to bring to young people in Jordan, and what are you hoping for yourself out mm-hmm. of this trip? Uh, the first thing that I'm hoping to bring is the same thing that I try to bring here in the States, is that you can have uh, a concern about politics, a concern about activism, um, a concern about uh, just the political science of the area that you're from, the neighborhood that you're from, the community that you're from, the city, the country abroad. Um, but you can also just kind of be a regular person. You can also, you know, you don't have to have this innately, deeply political, outward identity. Uh, and a, a lot of times in my music, I, I make what I call life music. So if there's a political issue that I feel in my heart or my soul needs to be discussed in a certain song, then I will discuss it. But a lot of my music is kind of showing people that uh, as a person of color deciding to just walk down the street is a political statement. So like, um, I, I try, I'm, I wanna bring some of that to Jordan if I can. I know a lot of international hip hop is a little bit more rooted in uh, directly saying exactly what you mean. It's a little less abstract than American hip hop. And uh, I hope I can bring some more, more of that direct nature to the Jordan. Since you haven't been to Jordan and you mm-hmm. haven't talked to Jordanians about their perception of hip hop, mm-hmm. I don't think you can fully answer this question until you go there. But wh- how, if you had to guess, how do you think people in the Middle East and other countries view hip hop in America, especially since a lot of it they may see through very commercialized True. mass rap music? Exactly. And that's another reason why I'm excited uh, about this ambassadorship is because it gives me an opportunity to uh, – change the narrative a little bit. Um, I know that uh, a lot of times 
uh, hip hop isn't viewed as something that has a lot of intellectual nuance. Um, and in the, the mainstream vices of what we see, we get limited to maybe 10 to 12 rappers at best, maybe two, two out of three of the 10 to 12 are women. Um, and, you know, so it's just, it's just a very limited pipeline of what a hip hop artist is and what a rapper even is. So I hope to kind of expand that, you know. I, I think that for people that may not have listened to your music a lot, mm -hmm. they may know you from your activism mm -hmm. in Ferguson. Mm -hmm. My question to you is, do you expect people in Jordan to ask about Ferguson and what it meant to you, given that it was an international story five years ago? Uh, definitely. Um, for the Ferguson uprising is the question that I'm always asked. It's the, the one thing that no matter what I do, no matter where I go, people have questions about it. Um, the thing that I find very interesting as a person that plays such a role in it um, is that the only place where it's not a big deal is St. Louis. <laughs> Anywhere else, it, people really want to know what happened. They want to know stories. They want to know how organizing techniques. Uh, they they they're they're in, they're intrigued by it. Uh, here, it's it, home at home. It's become a bit of a taboo discussion in certain circles. It's like oh, you know, there's a hush hush narrative around it, or a very uh, stereotypical view of what a protester even is. Well, why do you think that is? Um, I think there's a surplus of reasons, uh, but I, I think that um, like, like, you know, in most cases, you're, the hometown heroes aren't necessarily the heroes at home. You're the person that people always see at the grocery store. You're the person they see down the street. Um, and then also when you're challenging age-old things. St. Louis is a place of tradition, deep-seated tradition. And when you're challenging tradition, and you're, you're essentially challenging the culture of folks, and it takes more than a couple hundred days to uproot, uh, you know, cultural vices that we may find confrontational with each other. Uh, we're just now getting to the point where we're really even thinking about having certain types of conversations. And I, I really believe that the Midwest is the new South. I believe that in today's m movement, um, the Midwest, Missouri, Iowa, states like that, uh, we're kind of like w the the new Mississippi's and the new Alabamas in a sense. If you if you look at in terms of black politics and uh, uh, how industry is fleeted from here, where folks migrated here, you know, my my parent, my grandparents migrated here from Mississippi. Uh, they had intentions on going to Chicago. They settled here. Uh, it used to be said that in East St. Louis, you could find, uh, if you couldn't find a job in East St. Louis, you couldn't find a job anywhere. Now East St. Louis has a 1% employment rate. So uh, I think that when we look back on this period of time, we'll see that um, the Midwest wasn't maybe as included in the civil rights movement as people thought. And um, our era is the first time that some of this stuff is being addressed. We are reaching the five-year mark of Michael Brown's shooting death, and I'm sure that everybody that was involved in the Ferguson protest movement is going to be asked, like, where are we in St. Louis mm -hmm. and what's changed? Part of me, as somebody who covered it, feels like five years is not enough to yeah. undo hundreds of years of systematic racism, economic segregation, education segregation. But I'll ask the question anyways to somebody mm -hmm. like you who was involved. Where are we five years? Uh, so... I think that the there have been a lot of positive things. I think that we've awakened uh, to the power of politics. I think the power of politics is now addressed more than we used to address it. Uh, but I think that 
we're 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 kind of babies in the process. We have uh, some people who are from the community, for the people, by the people that are in office now. Uh, but that's just the start. Uh, I think that political engagement goes so far beyond just voting. And um, if, if you're looking for voting to be the sole mechanism to spark change in your immediate life, then you're going to be waiting forever. So I think that uh, where we're at now is I think we need to have some awakening around the culture of St. Louis, the, the fact that Rock and roll was basically invented here. The blues it has deep-seated roots to being invented here. Uh, a lot of people don't know that the first time any type of commercial hip-hop record was even played on the radio uh, was in East St. Louis. So you could essentially say commercial hip-hop was born in East St. Louis. Uh, but if we don't know these things and we don't attach ourselves to the history, we don't talk about people like Elijah Lovejoy, who was a white abolitionist, who was ahead of the curve, even ahead of the curve in terms of he, he predated black abolitionists in terms of uh, denouncing slavery. Uh, these are people who are essentially cultural American heroes that we don't uplift and our city gave birth to them. So we should take pride in that. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back in a moment to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Welcome back. My guest is local hip-hop artist Tef Poe, who's been named a U.S. cultural ambassador and is soon headed to the country of Jordan. You mentioned your experience at Harvard, and I'm really interested to hear that how that's impacted both this trip to Jordan and just your your work as a, as a hip-hop artist. Sure. Um, so what I've learned uh, from my work at Harvard is that, um, you know, when you talk, you really need to know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know. Uh, and there's so many people even, you know, there's celebrated scholars all across the world that they don't necessarily do the research or do the work or do the due diligence to actually consider themselves the forerunner of the topics that they're talking about. And um, so what I learned from the, the Ivy Tower culture is just that I want to be one of those people. I wanted to, you know, I just didn't want to slap Harvard on something and go, well, since I can slap this on here at Free Will, this means I know what I'm talking about. So I actually wanted to, um, you know, go deeper with my own intellectual integrity and actually do do the work to be, you know, an an actual thoroughbred on the things and the topics and the, the studies that I believe in. You might have mentioned this when you mentioned Harvard, but what exactly were you doing? What okay. was your role? And mm -hmm. if you didn't mention that, I'm glad I'm asking this question just to make sure that our listeners understand. Sure. So I was, I've been at Harvard for three years. Um, I came in originally in the American Studies program as a Charles Warren Center fellow. Uh, which is a postdoc fellow, and I was writing on, I was working on uh, a book that I'm writing for, for Norton called uh, A Rebel to America. Uh, and the book is, is a coming-of-age story. Um, it's a, a bit of a cross between, I'd say, like a, a Malcolm X autobiography and with a splash of some Ta-Nehisi Coates and um, maybe a little bit of the uh, poetical nature of James Ball, and that's what I'm trying to pull off. These are all lofty claims, but <laughs> that's what I'm hoping to accomplish by the, by the time we finish the book is a, um, a modern-day version of 
something that contributes to that type of vibration. And when can we expect it out? Uh, it'll be out in the spring, in the spring. Spring so, of 2020? 2020. We are yeah. in the summer now, so yeah, unless we yeah. went back in time, I don't think we could get to the spring. Um, you know, going back to your trip to Jordan, have, have, what sort of research have you done in preparation for this trip? And mm-hmm. you, you might have mentioned a little bit about what the hip-hop scene is in, in places like Jordan and other places in the Middle East, but if you could elaborate on that and how you've been preparing to confront some of sure. the realities there. So um, that's a really layered question because there's so many ways that, that I would have to get prepared, I feel. Um, so I, feel, I do feel that my work the second year at Harvard helped me with that. So the second year at Harvard, I, was a, um, I came in as a hip-hop fellow under uh, Nas, the rapper Nas from New York City, a uh, legendary MC, one of the best rappers of all time. Um, destroyed Jay-Z in the feud, <laughs> you know, in the early 2000s. And, but they're friends now, so that's right, good. Right. But uh, so I got to meet Nas uh, through this program, through the, through the Harvard uh, Nasir Jones Hip Hop Fellowship Program. Um, and the, the Hip Hop Fellowship at Harvard uh, put me in a department that deeply discussed the diaspora, like the global diaspora. So I was learning about Brazil and uh, its connections to the transatlantic slave trade and uh, just South American slavery and the Caribbean and, you know, all of these things come together. So it starts to reshape my own placement of myself within that that struggle, within that context and thinking about, man, you know, I could have very easily just been a descendant of some folks that landed in Brazil. I could have been down in the Caribbean. I mean, who knows how it could have went down. So um, I started to see the need for there to be uh, connectivity between our community and these other communities as well, because I believe that 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 disconnect is what fosters this sense of pretentious, I would call it pretentious arrogance from us as even black Americans when we go abroad, we don't realize that we represent some of the very things that we're complaining about back home. So um, from there, I would say also the work that I've done with uh, several Palestinian activists and organizers. Uh, I was blessed to go to Palestine in 2015 with the Dream Defenders, and that was my first time going to the Middle East. and. Um, it was an eye-opening experience, seriously. It changed, that changed my life. So I think that put me on the path to even be ready to go to Jordan and not lose any sleep about it. What, so do you know how many people you'll be, like, or how many young people you're going to be talking to? Or is there, like, a set group of people that are, you're going to, like, teach a class to? Or are you just going to go there and just <laughs> walk among the streets and talk to people, basically? No, we'll have a class. We're teaching every day that we're there. Um, and I'm really blessed to be a part of a, a really beautiful cohort of, of folks that are practicing various disciplines in hip hop. Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested in, in uh, finding our places of collaboration. So we'll teach at night uh, in the evenings. Um, I guess it'll be a little too hot for us to be out during the day. But coming coming from St. Louis, I'm I'm pretty sure I can handle the. It's, do, you, do you know what the, the temperature is right now in Jordan? Uh, I checked last night, and I think. Um, it was it was a hundred plus degrees. Uh, well, it felt like a hundred thousand degrees with all the humidity yesterday. So as you just alluded to, I think you'll you'll be just fine. Exactly. Um, are you planning on going to any other countries besides Jordan while you're there? Uh, not while I'm there, but when we get back from Jordan, uh, me and my band were scheduled to go to uh, Ghana uh, to to bounce around a couple of music festivals. Um, 
and then from uh, Ghana, I think we'll come back to the States and maybe even we'll be in Puerto Rico for a while, which isn't a different country, but technically is a different country. But, you know, so we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm always uh, rooted in international stuff, man. That's just my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think so many people uh, get stuck on the point A to B minutia. And, you know, expanding my worldview, especially as a, a rapper from North St. Louis who you know, I shouldn't even be in these rooms in the first place, man. You know, so I, that's my, I feel like LeBron James when he says, I shouldn't even be here. So I, I totally understand what he means when he says that. So uh, I feel an extra responsibility to, you know, touch down and, and just bridge these gaps, you know, show these folks like, hey, this is what we're about. This is how we move. This is how we think. And, you know, maybe even leave some emos peace over. And, yeah. and, <laughs> well, I want to touch on this. Why do you feel like you, 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 you feel like you're blessed to be here and don't uh, belong here, given I, that you've got a lot of success, not only on, in, in the musical world, but also in the activism world? Yeah, man. Um, the, the reason I say that is because when you, when you know the, the living conditions of North St. Louis, you know, like there are places – in, in, in this city that look like they've been demolished, desecrated, and, and no life should ever sp- spout from these places, right? And these are the place, some of the places that I call home. And um, just because I'm, I'm fortunate and I'm blessed to be a part of so many things that I'm a part of, it doesn't change the realities of the people that I'm attached to. So I come home and I have to deal with uh, family members dying, uh, people being shot, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a part of what we call the GoFundMe funeral circuit where, you know, people don't have health insurance, they don't have life insurance, they die. All of a sudden, I'm asked to tweet out a GoFundMe funeral link. So I, I deal with the realities of the things that a lot of activists talk about a lot more hands-on, um, where they would be out of the, 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 the reach of harm. I'm directly in the, in the pit of the belly with the people. You know, I choose to relinquish some of my privilege to uh, to be there and actually be impactful. Uh, you know, a, 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 a think piece doesn't turn someone's lights on. It doesn't keep their water on. Uh, so I try to be as hands-on and as practical as I can be. And a lot of times that means that I'm a little bit more closer to uh, the danger. And, and um, I don't say that in a way that's supposed to be intentionally uh, sexy or that is... Um, romanticizing martyrdom. I'm, I'm just speaking on the real of, of the circumstances. If you're really interacting with impoverished people in St. Louis, you're going to be some places and see some things that you don't necessarily want to see. When you go to Jordan and you talk about what you just told me, and someone asks you, is there any hope to rebuild North St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Because I say rebuild because my, my great-grandpa lived in North St. Louis at a time when it wasn't like where it is today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to them? Would you say there is hope for North St. Louis and a predominantly black community to be prosperous again in this time in America, in this yeah. time in the city? I think there is hope. Um, uh, I think we have to talk about two things. We, we love to talk about white flight from the community, but we also got to talk about black flight. We talk about do- like those of us that do somewhat get a foot out the door and we just take that one foot and run completely away from where we came from. And uh, and then also we have to talk about the reality of grooming people to just yell at buildings without building something. You know, if, if you oppose without proposing, I really don't want to hear it. So um, 
I'm in the, the business of solutions. I'm in the business of changing lives. I'm in the business of effective gestures, you know. And, and I think that um, being a rap artist was something that when I first came into activism, people gave me H-E double hockey sticks for it, man. They, they tore me apart. And they, they, they accused me of, oh, you're trying to use the movement to broaden your platform as an MC. You're trying to use the movement to, you know, I got accused of so many accusations. And a part of me felt like um, I knew where it was coming from because I felt like as long as we just stay committed to doing the work, we stay true to ourselves, when the smoke clears, we'll see who's still here and who's not. And the difference between people like myself, like artists like myself. As an artist, I can go to these, these places that the traditional politicals can't go. I can, I can show up on the scene and there's maybe a kid there that's 16 that listens to my music, and maybe initially he's more enchanted by the fact that I'm an artist, but then later he's like, okay, I see that he's actually here because he cares. They actually develop a different type of relationship with me, not only as a musician, but also as a person that has a placement in their lives. And I just think about those things first and foremost, man, and I try to let that be my accountability measure. So even in Jordan, uh, we're going to go for a certain amount of time, and I will be going under the, 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 the hosting of Meridian and the State Department in the Next Level program, but I'm also going as a human being that has human concerns and human empathy for what other people are going through outside of the um, deliverables for the program outside of the metrics for the nonprofit system. I'm going as a real person that has some commonalities with these people and I, I'm a member of the hip hop culture which is global and we're going to touch down and I, and I assure you it's, it's going to be like connecting with old family even though we don't know each other. And how long are you going to be there and when are you coming back to St. Louis after uh, July So 18th, I, I go from the, from so I leave the 18th um, we come back to the states on the 4th uh, I'll go back to Harvard for a little bit, and then from Harvard I'll go to Ghana. Um, but I'm hoping that uh, what I'll do when I'm there will be so dynamic that we'll be able to build relationships within the Jordanian community and kind of keep that ambassadorship and that diplomacy going between both parties where um, it's an ongoing thing, I hope. Well, Taf, I hope you have a safe flight to Jordan. Thank, Thank you so much for coming in today. and. I want to thank hip-hop artist and U.S. cultural ambassador Tef Poe. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.